0: Lord, I stand, I stand in order of you, I stand, I stand in awe of you, Holy God, to you all praise. It's you, I stand in awe of you. Father, we stand in awe of you to know that you are an awesome God. We praise you, Father, for there is none like you. Thank you for the gift of your love. Your word tells us that you have loved us with an everlasting love. And upon us you have set your loving kindness. Father, we thank you. I depend on you to speak through me. I am nothing without you. I can do nothing without you. For you are the vine. And I'm the branch Let your life flow through me To reach your people This morning Fertilize their hearts Let them be receiving Of your word In Jesus name I'm so glad to be here this morning So glad to see you all And I'm also glad that you've seen me (laughs) Um, two days ago, we celebrated a worldwide uh, Valentine's Day, right? Um, my my recollection, my very first re- recollection of Valentine is not too long ago. Uh, being brought up in the Methodist denomination, um, my primary school, my high school, uh, my church background, all Methodist. And so I never heard of. Valentine, all through um, my early years, and so never have we celebrated Valentine until 1999, and in this country, don't laugh. This is serious. In fact, it was it was so funny. I remember that, that day my wife bought me a present and said Happy Valentine, and I'm looking at her. Va, va what? She said Happy Valentine. And, you know, in my ignorance, in my whatever you might call it, I rejected that gift. In fact, I was so surprised that she, being a believer for so long a time, could talk about Valentine. I said, Is that not a demonic kind of thing? Is that not a pagan pra- practice? But, you know, I repented. I repented. I I now celebrate Valentine, but I celebrate it with a greater understanding of the spirit behind it. It is a celebration of love. It's a celebration of romantic love. And you might think that God is not romantic. God is very, very romantic. Hmm? Because God is love. And And the word of God says that love comes forth from him. So not only does God love us because of who he is, which is agape, right? We say agape means that God loves us because of who he is and not because of who we are or not because of what we do or we don't do. But God also phileos us. You know. He also phileos us. And phileo, that word actually means kiss. Right? So you know phileo love is that huggy, kissy, feeling kind of love. God phileas us. The Father phileas us. Not only does he fill us, but God has that intimacy with us. You know, uh, I think First uh, Corinthians 6 says that as a man is joined to his wife and they become one flesh. Joined in sexual intercourse and they become one flesh. That God is joined. See, he that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we are intricately, inseparably joined to God. Cannot be separated. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about you and I who have become his children. John said, he said, what a marvelous thing. What marvelous love that God has bestowed upon us. That God has extended upon us. That we should be called the children of God. And he says, that is what we are called, but that is truly what we are. That is truly what we are. We are not just called the children of God, but we are really the children of God. And so this, 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 this morning, in the, in the context of the love of God, I want to share my heart with you uh, in the search for life's meaning. What is the meaning of my life? What's the meaning of your life. Why Why are you here? Why did God make us? Why did God create us? What is the purpose? What's the meaning of my life and your life? Don't, don't tell me that, that the meaning of your life is, you know, you get up in the morning, you go to work, and you make money, you add money, you buy food, feed yourself, and you have enough money to... You know, by a roof over your head. Is that the meaning of life? Or you get married and have children. Is that the meaning of life? No. That is is not the meaning of life. It's way, way, way beyond that. I ask the question, why did God make us in the first instance? Why did he do that? He didn't need to. He didn't need us. You see, God was not lonely to say, well, let me make man so that, I will be, I will have companionship. No, he wasn't lonely. No. God was not incomplete. He was complete. God is unbeginningly, limitlessly, perfect, complete in himself. Ever before time, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were in holy, divine communion. You know, we have two places in the Bible. It says, in the beginning, Genesis, and also in John, it says, in the beginning was the word. Imagine. Before time was ever created, in the beginning, before the, before the beginning, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost were in perfect fellowship. They didn't need us. But you know what? God chose to make us. Without any pressure from inside, without any pressure from outside, he chose to make us. He chose to make us to love us. Amen? Amen? He chose to make us and to love us. Can I have Ephesians chapter 1? And I want this in the, um, in the Message Bible, please. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verse, verse number 4. In the Message Bible. It says, long before he laid down earth's foundation, he, he had us in his mind. God had, had us in his mind. This is his original design, the blueprint, if you would. Had settled on us as the focus of his love. He had settled on us as the focus of his love. To be made whole and holy by his love. Can I have verse number five? Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. What a pleasure he took in planning this. Now, there is, there is, there is this one truth about adoption. You know, when, 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 when couples go, to, go, or are in the process of making adoption, adopting a child, they choose right you know they choose they choose a child that they want right you know for your for biological children we have no choice you know we receive whatever god gives to us and and we thank god for that but in adoption you make a choice right and so for god to choose us it means that he saw something good in us amen he saw something nice in us and so he chose us To adopt us. Now. He freely. Like that that verse. He freely wanted to share that life. His life. His life that was so fantastic. That he wanted to share. With us. You and I. Were created in our mother's womb. The great artist. The great architect himself. God himself the father. The son and the holy spirit. Fashioned you and I. You know know that you might be limitlessly, unbeginningly, unconditionally loved. I want that to sink in a little bit. That you, on the surface of this earth, you were chosen by God Almighty. Chosen by him. Adopted you into his family to be loved unconditionally, limitlessly, unbeginningly. Amen. And so, to answer the question, why did God make you and I, or what are we here for? The first part of this question is that we are here to be loved infinitely, limitlessly, and unconditionally. There are no conditions. And it therefore means that without you and I being connected to that love, Without you and I having an immediate personal experience of that unconditional love, we don't work. We are spiritually dead. We become dysfunctional. We don't work. You don't work if you don't have a personal experience of that unconditional love. If you don't have the deepest experience of that love. It don't work. Now, when I, when I say that this love comes from God, we must not confuse it with human love. We mustn't confuse it with human love. Let's go to First, first John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, still in the Message Bible, reading from verse, verse 7. First John chapter 4, reading from verse verse 7. It says, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. In other words, love is springing forth from God as a source. We know, verse, verse 16, it says, we know it very well. See, we have got to come to the place where we know and believe and then we embrace it in our heart and soul, this love that comes from God, that God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God, and God lives in us. When we take up permanent residence in the love of God, God lives in us, and we live in God. Amen? Now, Since God is love, there are four implications that I want to share with you. Since God is love, it is is not something that he has. God is it. He doesn't have it. It is, you know, the love of God is not an emotion. But God is emotional. His love is not an emotion. If it were an emotion, it would go up today and down the next. But since it is not an emotion, then his love is unchanging. Number two, there is nothing that you and I can do to make him love. He loves because of who he is, not because of who you are or what we do or we don't do. So infinitely... Without limit and unbeginningly, forever, there is a going forth of the love of God. And it is a self-giving love. Number three, God loves spontaneously. There is nothing you can do to get his attention. (laughs) There is nothing you can do to twist his arms. God loves because of who he is and not because of what we do or we don't do. So his love is uncoursed. It's God who causes his love. There's nothing to cause it. You don't have to do anything in order for him to love you. Number four, and this is the catch. Therefore, you can't earn it, can you? You can't earn it. You can't earn God's love. I can't think of, you can't think of deserving of it. It's got nothing to do with you. It is simply bestowed upon you. It is a gift. It's a gift relationship. You know, the love of God is not an abstract thing. It's not in some kind of vacuum. When we talk about the love of God, it is expressed in Jesus Christ. It is expressed in the blood of his cross. Jesus came. Because he loved us. Because the Father loves us. And he died on our behalf. In Romans 5, chapter 6. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6. It says that but God, God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, we were weak, we were lost. We couldn't find ourselves. Christ died for us. It says, "For a good man, some could die for. For a good man, some could die for. That is that is the love of man. When we are good, I'll die for you. But God demonstrated His love that while we were yet sinners, haters of God, we hated Him. We had nothing to do with God. Christ died for us. And so God comes to us in Christ. He delights over us." <laughs> He delights over us. The Bible pictures him as an artist who delights over his work. An architect who delights over his his design. Like I said, God's love is not an emotion, but it is very emotional. The Bible pictures him as a father who ran after his son. A son that was lost. The son that came home, the father saw him, he ran after him, kissed over him, smothered him with, with kisses. That is about God. He loves you. I'm not only talking about agape. I talk about phileo, which is the huggy kissing kind of love. In John chapter, chapter 5, let's go to John chapter 5, verse Verse 20. John chapter 5, verse 20. The Bible says, The Father loves the Son. That word loves is not agape, it is phileo. The Father phileos the Son. So not only does He agape the Son, but He also phileos. John 16.27 John 16.27 This is Jesus speaking as he is in the upper room before he went to it. He said the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. The word love there is phileo. It says the Father himself phileos you he delights in you even as you delight in me. So God doesn't only agape us. Doesn't only agape Jesus, but he fills us. That is that, you know, that excitement in God when he sees us. You know, you go through the Bible. You go through the Bible. There are there are there are there are pet names that God calls us. He says, you are my special treasure. Special treasure. Come, come on, guys. This is love talk. This is I mean, this is the kind of thing you whisper into the ears. He says, you are the apple of my eyes. <laughs> this is love talk. I want you to be excited with that. This is this is not somebody who went through a seminar and says, you know, you are the apple of my eyes. No, no, this is God whispering into your ears. You are the apple of my eyes. He that touches you touches the apple of my eyes. And you know what? Some of us might think, well, this, this kind of love, I mean, for God to love like this, it must be to some elite, elite kind of people, elite core of people, those who... Who pray, you know, twenty times a day? Those who have gone through the Bible several times, those who have done the right thing at the right no. He loves you, just the way you are. You are loved because you exist. You are loved because you exist. It's 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 it's, it's, it's difficult for me to illustrate this, but. Look at that baby, the infant baby in the mother's house. This, this is just a shadow of the unconditional love of God. That baby in the mother's house. Why does the mother bestow so much love on that baby? Such care, such nurturing. Day and night. The mother is there all night and all day. She's gone to the gate of death to bring forth that baby. To bring forth that child. And now she leaves for that child. Pouring out her love to this child. Why? And the child himself has done nothing. Nothing. He has hardly done anything to to deserve to deserve it. The most ungrateful being, screaming in the middle of the night, yelling for attention, a most unsatiable being that will emit vomit and snares at the most awkward time. Yet this child who has put rings around the eyes of the parents receives unconditional love. Why? You know, for a moment, for a moment, just for a few months, God has shown us that we can give out unconditional love. That we can. And if we can do this for just a month, for a few months, think about it, that God loves you forever that way. Amen? Amen? When I say that that the love of God is infinitely limitless, what I'm saying is that God is present to you now as if you were the only person on the face of the earth. That's limitless. Infinitely. That at this moment you have the total undivided attention of God. And you are receiving all the love that God has to give. That is who you are. This is the gospel. This is the truth. That is the gospel. That you are loved infinitely, unbeginningly, unconditionally by God. The love of God is like the air that is pressing around us. Science tells me that as, as I stand or as you sit there, there is about 14 pounds per square inch of air that is pressing around you. And so I don't have to wake up in the, in the morning to say, do I deserve air? No, 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 no. I just breathe it in. That's love. So let's go back to the question. What is your worth? What is your significance? What is your value? Many people are struggling with all kinds of problems, addictions, rejection, whatever, because they don't know who they are. They, they don't know their value. They don't know their significance. They don't know their worth. So let me try to answer that question. And to answer it, we go back to, to to the beginning. Let's go back to Adam. Adam and Eve, they were made in God's image. Image. Image means representative. They were made God's representative. And in his likeness. Likeness means in the same mannerism. That's to be like him. They were both fashioned by God's finger to be loved. They lived in love. Adam and Eve lived it before the fall. They lived in love. They were self conscious and knew that God had bestowed his love upon them. Right? Why, why do you think God asked Adam to name the animals? It wasn't because God didn't have time I say, hey Adam, please name the animals, I don't have time. No, no, no. It was because God wanted Adam to see the difference between him and the animals, to know that he is different from the animals, to be self conscious. That was the reason. So Adam and Eve, they were self-conscious. They knew that God loved them. They were free. They were free. Frightingly free. Frightingly free. Given the free will to choose to love and to know that God loves them. And to know God. Free will. So what the Creator says to Adam and Eve, or Adam and and the woman, you know, the name Eve came after the fall. Did you know that? That when, Eve, when, when the woman was fashioned, Adam said, this is a woman. That was the name given by Adam to the woman. The woman in Hebrew, you know, the, the, the English translation um, woman is not very, very... You know complete, it is Isha in Hebrew, it means my lady. My lady, it was after the fall that Eve came. Eve, if if means the mother of my children, you see, before the fall, it was my lady that was her identity, my lady. Then, after the fall, the identity, I mean, we were she was down. She was now the mother. So it is now based on what she does and not based on who she is. Do you get me? Love. So this is my significance and my worth, and your significance in the word. That God has chosen to bestow his love upon you. His unconditional love. Did you know that? Do you know who I am? Do you know who you are? You are a person upon whom God has chosen to bestow His unconditional love. Oh, yeah. Amen? Yeah. 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 The person sitting next to you, just sit in awe of that person. Because the person sitting next to you, a believer, that person will be alive in 10 trillion years internally. Glory. And if God were to open your eyes to see who that person truly is, see? If God were to reveal. You know, the true identity of that person. You'll be looking at Jesus Christ. Because he says, as he is, so are we in this world. You know, I stand in awe of all of you. That God has given me the privilege to bring his word to a people that are made in the image and likeness of God. A people that are loved unconditionally by God. Mm. Let me give you an illustration of a significance. And an illustration of your worth, of your value. Your worth or your value does not depend on what you see in the mirror. It doesn't. It doesn't depend on your you know, your physical beauty, your handsomeness, the muscles, the triceps, and the biceps. I used to have some. <laughs> doesn't depend on that. Doesn't depend on your uh, you know your accomplishments, your abilities, what you have or what you don't have. It doesn't. But let me give you an illustration. Suppose you were standing. Uh, where is this street that, that the president lives? Uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Avenue. Suppose you were standing there. And there were about 10,000 people standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And the president's motorcade uh, is, is, is coming, is coming, is coming. And suddenly, the president's car stopped where he was standing. And then he pulls down the window. And he says, hi, Stefan, how are you? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. (laughs) Hi, Stefan, how are you? My Lord. Immediately, what will happen? The news media, you know, the cameras will zoom in on you. Who is this guy? Because the president said, hello. Hello to him. You see, God did not just... I down or rolled down the window and said hello to us. He valued us. He died for us. He made us the object of his love. That is how much God loves you. That is your significance. If the president said hello, suddenly an importance has been bestowed upon you. the president said hello, He said, hello. Therefore, who are you? Who am I? And for those of us that like equation, I'm going to give you an equation. So who are you equals one. You are made in God's image. Made free to bear in yourself the love of God. In other words, to image him in creation. Plus, you are unconditionally loved. Plus, you are able to respond to that love and to know it. And then to rest in it. That is who you are. That is your worth. That is your value. That is your significance. That out of out from this. Out from this, you can now perform as a normal person. Life then becomes an expression of the love of God. I know that I'm significant. There is meaning to my life. When I go to work, I am not my boss's pawn. I go to work to express the love of God. I am God's child. I am loved by him I don't have to do anything to earn it I don't even have anxiety for the future because I know I'm loved even when things are rough my face is on the board I know I'm loved I've got meaning in my life I've got worth I've got value that is your worth, ladies and gentlemen. That is your meaning. That you are loved of God unconditionally. No strings attached. In conclusion, as you sit in this auditorium this afternoon, I want to assure you and let you know that you are loved of God. And I want you to feel it. That it's not just you know, an abstract thing. It is real. God delights in you. God is emotionally attached to you. God is romantically attached to Intimate. You know, God has given us, out of the abundance of the fellowship and the holy and divine intimacy, he gave us the gift of intimacy. Intimacy. You know, intimacy means into me, see. see. So there are two ingredients in intimacy. It is transparency and vulnerability. In intimacy between a man and his wife, you are saying, "I am willing to be weak." I'm not ashamed that you know my weakness. You know my weaknesses. You know my, my points. I'm open to you. I'm not afraid, because you will not betray the trust. I'm transparent. If you, as a man and your wife, have not reached that stage, then there is no intimacy. There is no intimacy without transparency, without vulnerability. We can't hide from each other. The Bible says in Genesis that Adam and Eve were what? naked and they were not ashamed can we try to be naked before physical nakedness before our spouses you see it was after the fall you know the fig leaf they took the fig leaf and they tried to hide the first thing they did was to hide from themselves before they now decided to hide from God Can you hide from God? Intimacy. Intimacy. are saying, I'm here. You see me just as I am. Don't tell me that because you've messed up your life, (laughs) God doesn't love you. I know you have. We all have. Don't say, I am dysfunctional. And so with my parents... Don't say, "Hey, my, you know my father, my father was no good. He, he has never been there. He abandoned us." Don't say, "Oh, my mother was no good. My my neighbor was a good. What so whatever." God loves you. He has never abandoned you. His love is unchanging. So all the things that the enemy may have fed you with, that have not allowed you to receive the love of God, they are all lies. They are all lies. I know many of you are emotionally crippled that you cannot receive the love of God. You know what John said? He said, we have come to know and to believe that God loves us. Many of us are not there. So, because we cannot receive the love of God, we don't trust. We're very skeptical of others. We don't trust people. We don't even trust our spouses because we have not received that love. You see, God's love is like an energy, a divine, infinite energy that is working in us to bring us to the fullest, to the highest. Potential that God has for us as a human being, that is to live in the fullest in Christ, and Christ is in us. And so, brothers and sisters, if you've never received the love of God, if you're not aware of that love, the comforter is here. You may have received, you may have gone through traumatic experiences As a child when you were growing up. And so you felt, I am unlovable. Who can love me? And then you have projected the image of your earthly parents onto your heavenly father. That God can never love me because your father wasn't there. No. The wound in your heart can be healed because the comforter is here. You see, you cannot love. Unless you have received the love of God. Because you cannot give out what you don't have. The loved are the loving. The forgiven are the forgiving. You cannot forgive if you have not received forgiveness. And so I want to pray with you this afternoon. I was that little boy that was so afraid of people. I couldn't trust them because I was so hurt when I was growing up. I was an adopted child. My birth. it's since I had I had a stigma of a bastard, an illegitimate child. I didn't know what love meant until I met I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was, even as a believer for years. I didn't know who I was. I was struggling with who am I? What is my identity? And I thought, to go to school, I had my identity in school. And so from primary school to secondary school to high school to university, I had all the degrees, doctorate degree. I was still not satisfied because I didn't know who I was. I had never received the love of God until in 2001, I met this gentleman who came to our church then. And he preached on the Father's love. He said, The Father loves you. And he said, Is there anyone that will come out and receive the Father's love? I was the first, me and my wife, who we went up to him. And that guy prayed on me. He said, Can I stand as your dad? Can I re- represent your dad? And for the first time in my life, I heard those three words. I love you. I love you. I cried like a baby. To hear those words ringing in my ears. I love you. I want to pray with people this afternoon. (laughs) If you are hungry for that word, I love you. If you want to experience that infinite, unbeginningly, limitless love of God, can you show by raising up your hands? I just, I, just, I just want to pray with you. I want to extend that love to you this afternoon. You don't need to be ashamed. You don't. Because you are loved of, of God. I want you to experience it, just like I did. I want you to experience it. I want you to become that little child. Maybe when you you were five years old, there was something that your dad or your mom did. Maybe they said something. So you amount to nothing. And that stuck. You felt you were unloved, unlovable. I tell you what, you are not only loved, but you are lovable. You are not only accepted, but you are acceptable. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you. Because your love for us is uncursed. It is unchanging. I know there are some here who have never tasted this love. They are crying, they are are yearning for this love. I want you, Heavenly Father, to visit them where they are. Touch them. Like like that woman with the issue of blood, touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Let them touch you this afternoon, Father. And receive that love. And know that they are loved. And know that you have bestowed your life into them. I praise you, Heavenly Father, because you are faithful. Every wound in the hearts of your people, for you are the balm of Gilead. Lord, I pray that you comfort them. You comfort them. We praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. I give you adoration. I give you adoration. Brothers and sisters, you are loved of God, and there is nothing you can do about that. So hold your head up. God has value upon you. It's not humanly love. The love of a human is toxic. It's self-love. You know, I love you today, tomorrow. It's something else. Give me that song again, I stand in awe of you. As I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand Oh. Uh-huh.